to the Time for Teaching podcast. This podcast explores the joys and challenges of teaching in higher education. I'm Kelly Fox. And I'm Kim Reed. And we are thrilled to be joined today by the fabulous and fun Greg Taylor. Kelly, what do we need to know about Greg before we get started? Well, I'm glad you asked, Kim. And here we go. Greg Taylor grew up in Barrie, a true Barryite. He made his way south and west to York University and the University of Western, where he earned a degree in psychology and sociology, followed by his teachings, teacher's college, and then eventually his master's in counseling, once he realized his passion for connection lied in both teaching and counseling. In his current role, Greg gets to do both and still loves facilitating and teaching in workshops here at Georgian. When he's not working, Greg loves spending time in nature, camping, kayaking, and cycling. He loves spending time with his family, spirituality, music, and comedy, both watching and performing. And he totally digs little free libraries. Such a lovely idea. Mm-hmm. He and his family are totally into parks and rec. So I have added that to the list of amazing and binge-worthy comedies on Netflix right now. I think I started it, but I need to get back to that. The book on his nightstand at the moment is Moon of the Crested Snow by Wab Gashig Rice. I usually refer to him as Wab Rice. He loves when people think macro which is community, instead of micro, more themselves. And he has performed Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody on the ukulele. That would be quite the, quite the uh, episode there, Greg. <laughs> Greg is an interesting guy with a zest for life, and we can't wait to chat more. Welcome, Greg. Thanks Thank so you. much for being here today. It's good to be here. Okay, Greg. So we'd like to start by asking you if you could tell us a little bit about your journey to Georgian. What led you here and what is your role here at the college? Well, um, so I knew I wanted to be a counselor a long time ago uh, when I was at university. And I reached out for help myself when I was at university and used various services. And I thought, you know, I I think I'd really like to do this. And um, what's interesting is I grew up in Barrie as you mentioned in my intro. And if anyone had told me back then that I'd be in Barrie today, I would have said, you're crazy because I was moving on. I was moving on to the promised land. I was going out and seeing the world and <laughs> goodbye, Barrie, and never see again, right? Except come home and visit my family. Yeah, it was interesting. I um, So I went to school in Toronto, London, worked in London, uh, worked in Windsor, worked with youth, uh, employment counseling. I was a residence manager at a university for a couple of years. And then I, then I came back to Barrie in 95 to put my stuff here while I was looking for work. And I was applying right across Canada. I was even thinking of international. And then Elaine Murray from the marketing department, she uh, was a friend of mine. She said, hey, Greg, there's a posting at Aurelia campus for a three-day-a-week, three-month contract for counseling. And I thought, Ah, okay. And that was January of 1996. And I've been at Georgian ever since. And I'm currently <laughs> the uh, college counseling coordinator and mental health case manager. And here I am. 
and, and I'm happy, very happy to be in Barrie. It's been great. Very cool. It's funny how things work out like that. And I have to say too, Greg, I'm also a Barryite and thought the oh. same thing. I love Barrie and loved growing up here. It was a great place to grow up, but I went yeah. out into the big, the big brave world and <laughs> moved to Waterloo and then went yeah. to Australia and lived there for a year and yeah. then came back to Barrie, moved back in with my parents. And then same thing, kind of fell into a job at Georgian and gosh, was it ever just such a wonderful kind of uh, accident, I guess, or something. Yeah that I hadn't planned for. And yeah. yeah, same thing. Absolutely love it here. So yeah, yeah it's funny how that works out. And Barry is a great place to be. So glad it that is. we're both back here. Yeah. And Australia sounds a little more exciting than Windsor, but I did like Windsor. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of similarities, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah slightly yeah. different. <laughs> I the Detroit I'm sure River, top you know? of the list for, yeah, <laughs> top of the list for most people. Yeah. yeah. So Greg, we're entering, um, I guess, however you're counting, either our 13th month of the pandemic or 15th Mm. month, depending if you count from January or March. Mm. And Georgian College has seen many changes. Um, We've seen how we changed how we're offering our education, how we interact with each other, how we connect with each other. When we think about our students, what are some of the more common challenges that you are seeing with our students right now? Well, pandemic or no pandemic, you're always going to have anxiety, depression, um, substance abuse, relationships, finances. Those are always right up there. But especially in the pandemic, lots of students are feeling isolated, disconnected from their families, like whether they're from the other side of the world or from Simcoe County. I mean, I was just talking to a student who couldn't see her parents for four months and that was devastating for her. So isolation, disconnection. And then there's the flip side, which is too much closeness, too much connection. I have a student uh, who has five kids and with this lockdown, how the heck do you do school? And um, make time for homework when you're raising kids. And some of these kids are young and some of these kids have special needs. Um, So that's definitely um, a factor. And then the whole technology online thing is really challenging for people. You know, whether it's just technology glitches, a lot of people came to George and they didn't sign up to be online. Um, It definitely uh, just raises um, anxiety and frustration. So I would say those are probably the big ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. So um, it's very good for us to be aware of this. And as faculty in post-secondary, I think we're all very aware of the importance of all the things that we hear, the self-care, the self-awareness, and the yeah. immense impact that our mental health has on our capacity to learn and just our capacity to function in general. Yeah. Um, I know as faculty myself, I've um, had students in classes where students have reached out and said, um, I'm having a tough time and I don't know where to go or I don't know who to turn to. Um, And my opinion is always refer to the professionals and um, refer them down to you and your team. And I've had students report back and say, that was the best thing I ever did. It was exactly what I needed. And I was able to get the help that I needed. So um, obviously referral is a big part of what faculty can do. What else can faculty and staff at Georgian do to help students in their mental health journey? Well, I mean, you know, this this probably sounds like common sense, um, but I'll just say it anyways. I mean, the big one is just show you care. And, And I mean, Teachers are definitely showing that they care, like just kindness, patience, flexibility, you know, make sure there's lots of breaks in classes. And I know that's a challenge for students because or for teachers, because I know with with everything that's going on, they have condensed uh, semesters. So trying to put out all this information with less time. Um, 
but but the bottom line is, you know, um, and, and you kind of said it already, just making referrals. Like the teachers are probably the people that students value the most in terms of having a relationship, and and teachers have the most impact um, on on students, and teachers are on the front lines. Um, so I, I always recommend that if you don't have it, um, you know, get Safe Talk training. And, and right now, actually, Safe Talk has been condensed into about a 90-minute um, training called Start. Yeah, I think it's called Start. And um, Jennifer Lloyd and um, Kate Henry from the uh, Mental Health Strategy Department, they offer that kind of training. And then I also suggest that teachers would get mental health first aid training, too, if you could. You know, not only for for students, but for people in your own lives, you know, and and I I don't know if it's ready, but I know mental health first aid right now is in the process of 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 making it virtual. But I I think those are the big ways is just keep an eye out, um, you know, whether it's an email, uh, whether it's something that uh, you see through. um, Well, I guess I guess teachers don't really uh, do the job placement part, but just just be aware uh, because you're the folks that are going to hear something before a counselor does and then never hesitate to refer that student. And if a student isn't interested in reaching out, then don't hesitate to reach like the, uh, the teacher don't hesitate to reach out to us and, and let us know what's going on. And then we can determine whether we should send out a courtesy call, you know, that kind of thing. That's excellent. You know, it's funny because we, um, as you know, we deal with faculty a lot and some of these can be, uh, especially in the virtual world, um, seemingly invisible, Mm -hmm. um, but there could be some other signs like um, in the before times, Mm -hmm. you know, having a student with their head on the desk might be a sign that something's up or having a student not attend your classes, you know, something is up. Like I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit, but is there other things that a faculty might see, especially in the virtual world that, you know, could help with identifying some of these things? I know we're all busy. And Mm. and as you said, we're trying to get condensed information out and we're just like, hey, we got to get through these learning outcomes and go, go, go. But are there some signs maybe faculty could look for or think about or, you know, maybe there's a little hmm moment for yeah. them to, to think about? Um, yeah, it's tricky in the virtual world, right? Because, I mean, I know some some students might choose – a lot of students don't want to turn their videos on. Like, I, I just know that. Um, so, so you can't really tell – by seeing a student, it's more about any kind of communication, whether it's some kind of a strange communication on a chat, definitely through email, sometimes exam questions. Like, I mean, we've had strange things come up on exam booklets where teachers would say, hey, is that normal? And it's like, well, let's take it. Let's find out, like, you know, what what exactly did, did that student mean by drawing that odd thing in the in the exam booklet, but it's mostly probably what you're going to see, uh, what they indicate in writing. And then, of course, attendance can always be a factor. Uh, but th- whether it was a pandemic or not, attend- attendance is a factor. But but those would probably be big ones. I don't know if teachers have interaction on social media or not, because there's definitely students that put all kinds of stuff out on social media. And then sometimes a another student will see something kind of 
disturbing. Like we just had an example of that, uh, of, of, a, of a couple students seeing something kind of odd and disturbing. So they let the coordinator know and then the coordinator can let us know or, or let security know and then we can respond. Excellent. And so it, yeah, and it's kind of a weird, weird world uh, for sure. So, Greg, I mean, in the before times, again, um, mm. if I had a student that looked like they needed support or help, I would talk to them maybe after class. I have actually physically walked a student to the B110 yeah. area and said, you know, here you go. I'm helping you. Uh, you know, this I'm taking you here and, and please can you help this person kind of thing. What yeah. do we do now? Yeah, I know. You can't walk. You can't walk them down to... Uh, <laughs> Well, in Barry campus, it would be B110, but I know there's other campuses. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the minute you you spot something and your gut tells you that maybe something's up, you can always call our customer service and ask for the on-call counselor. Like we have on-call counseling available Monday to Friday, and uh, we're usually able to respond fairly quickly. So you could always just let customer service know that that you've seen something or you suspect something. And, and then, you know, you can always send the email our way or if you want to talk to one of us uh, and, and let us know what's going on. And then again, we can determine whether we should reach out. We reach out all the time for teachers. You know, like I, I send emails, I phone and say, so-and-so has just noticed something. And so we just want to make sure you're okay. And most of the times, I think students are pretty honest if something is up, you know, but that would probably be the best way to do it is just call customer service. And then if customer service, well, I mean, you know, we're, we're available 830 to, well, for summer hours will be 830 to 430. Um, and then if it's after 430, you may want, like, if you think it's something a little more serious, then I would call security because they're available 24 seven, you know, extension 5100. And they wouldn't hesitate to call the police if they thought that that it was a police matter, like if it's something more of an emergency. Um, yeah, I think that would be what I would suggest. Excellent. Yeah, yeah I think no. sometimes we just think we're all sort of feeling isolated and disconnected. We are. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> it's kind of strange. Yeah. yeah, and we've heard too. So um, that's great advice on what faculty can do when they see a problem or suspect yeah. that there's a problem, and that's wonderful. And we've also heard some um, stories from faculty about uh, the importance of proactivity and just the importance of like being very um, outright and forthcoming with yes. the information that's Very available direct. and the services that are available. Yeah. Um, I remember being in university and like, I've said this a million times on here, but like I was a huge nerd. So like I was really into school. I read yeah. the stuff that they gave us. I yeah. followed the rules. That's my comfort yeah. is like following the rules. And I have zero idea, like absolutely no idea what kind of services were available on campus yeah. beyond like food and yes. security. So I think that Georgian, you guys do a wonderful yeah. job of putting yourselves out there, getting out in classrooms and yeah. putting out lots of great events and news. So I think that yeah. another thing that we've heard faculty have really great response from is the proactive approach of, yes. hey, it's the first day, here's the syllabus, here's our textbook, and here's some great information about the mental health supports that are available. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's another great way that faculty can kind of proactively, and sometimes all it takes for somebody to have the courage and the bravery yeah. to reach out is just to know that there is something there. Um, right. And I, I mean, if, 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 if you go to Waterloo, like University of Waterloo, you compare a school that large to a mid-sized college like Georgian, mm -hmm. the ratio of uh, student services to student 
at Georgia is so much better than these larger universities, right? Right. And, yeah. and we do make a point of trying to be proactive, not just sitting back and waiting for a student to come our way. Yeah. And I remember at one point too, Greg, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that is there a like a 24 hour helpline that students can call as well? Oh, I yeah, remember seeing that somewhere in the literature. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there's something called Good to Talk, which is in Ontario. Okay. So any post-secondary student in Ontario can call Good to Talk 24-7. And then there's also um, something called Keep Me Safe, which is for international students. And something I should mention about that is right now we have students, uh, international students, who are back at their home countries. They couldn't actually use a counselor here at Georgian because our, our insurance coverage doesn't cover counseling for them. But the Keep Me Safe counseling does cover insurance for them. And I think they can speak in about 30 different languages. Oh, wonderful. So it's very helpful. Well, that's wonderful. And I can yeah. see Kelly making some notes right here on our notes for today. So we will make sure that um, links are added, hyperlinks yeah. are added on the website in case any folks want to um, embed those right into their course. Yeah. Um, and just to build upon that too, Greg. Um, so if are there any other supports um, that faculty can access? So if they're not referring um, mm. and they don't see a need at this point to refer, is there anywhere where they can go to learn about like what events are coming up and uh, what's going on in the community so that they can promote? promote them to students? Like, do you, does um, counseling services have a website or does the student success area have a site where things are updated? Yeah. Georgian college, uh, like our counseling um, division has a website, another really excellent website that I think all teachers, students, and everyone should, should know about is we have a mental health and well-being. Um, what is it? A mental health strategist or a manager of mental health strategies, Jennifer Lloyd. We have actually, she has, along with a bunch of us, has developed a mental health strategy, not only for the students, but also for staff. And there's a student portal and there's a staff portal. And both of those portal portals, there are a ton of resources and tons of information and things you can find in the community and things you can find provincially and things you can find federally. And there's YouTubes and TED Talks and just all kinds of really good information. So I always recommend that um, teachers get to know what some of these things are, because there's some great Great. There's there's more resources than people realize, and and you know we'll we'll say to us a, a, a student like, hey, if you don't want to talk to us, that's fine. I can make you aware of other resources outside of the college if you want. Mm -hmm. You know, even though it's yeah, nice, it. it's nice if they work with us because we know the teachers and we know the staff, and we we can be more of a liaison than than a counselor is that's out in you know, the world somewhere. <laughs> so from our work with the Center for Teaching and Learning, we know, um, you know, faculty are also, uh, as we talked about, they, they need support uh, as well. Um, this yeah. year has been particularly difficult for all of us. Um, you know, faculty are humans. We're real people yeah. and we have families. We have children at home. We have elderly people or par elderly parents um, maybe even dealing with some COVID-related issues. Um, and mm -hmm. so we're trying to, we're trying to teach, we're trying to support others, we're trying to say to our students, you know, um, it's important to have balance and we're trying to model it. Um, and I know Kim has a, a, to us now, a famous saying, you know, you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm. So if faculty are looking for support for themselves and for their own mental health, where would you suggest they start? Um, well, as I said earlier, but I think it's good to remind uh, people of this, the um, mental health and well-being um, staff portal 
has a bunch of resources that would be really helpful. And then we have activities that that take place on campus. There's a mindfulness community of practice consisting of everybody. I'm talking faculty and and, and various staff. And we have a meditation. Uh, it's a 10 to 15 minute meditation three times a week called GC at three. And uh, you can just pop on for 10 minutes or 15 minutes and 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 just do this small little mindfulness meditation thing together. And uh, because a lot of people think, oh, if, if I'm going to learn meditation, I, ha- I have to do it for 45 minutes. I have to sit on a cushion and I can't move. <laughs> and as soon as people try to do that, they stop doing it, right? So GC at three, I know athletics, they're also doing some virtual exercises uh, like virtual yoga and virtual, I don't know, kick, not kickboxing, but they have a bunch of things that you can actually go on uh, virtually. And um, I guess the only other thing I'll say is, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I keep reminding students that we're all in this together. Like it's not just the students that are in the pandemic; we're all in the pandemic. And I know as a counselor, if I don't if I don't keep um, you know filling my tank, I've got very little to give others. And and I I especially uh, know that the teachers have been under incredible pressure to flip this into virtual learning and again condensed semesters and. So, um, and I think it's good modeling for students, like to know that we're all human beings and we're all trying to figure this out together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. I think that unfortunately, as much as we have come such a long way in the past few years, as far as recognizing and appreciating the importance of mental health, um, there is still a stigma. And I think there's a lot of folks who are nervous to reach out and are nervous to say, you know, I need help. Um, I just wanted to mention as well, personally, that um, I've used uh, the services of a um, psychotherapist um, and a psychologist through the extended health benefit fits at Georgian. Um, so for any folks who are full-time, uh, that's something that's covered under our benefits. For anyone yeah. who doesn't have benefits, um, there are two other programs, Ability CBT, which is like yeah. an app that's running yeah. for free through the government, and also yeah. the Batsback program, which you can be referred to uh, by your family physician. Those are both free and accessible to anyone over the age of 16 in Ontario, I believe. Yeah. Um, so those are two other good options that would be a good place to start. Sometimes it's as easy as just reaching out to your... <laughs> to your primary healthcare provider. Yes. Um, yeah. My journey, my mental health journey began with having a chat with my uh, family physician and just saying, you know, I feel like I could polish up on some things. I'm I'm feeling yeah. like the stress that I normally am able to kind of manage um, more easily is feeling a little bit heavier right now. And I'm starting yeah. to feel like it's having an impact on um, my levels of happiness and the way that I'm interacting with my family. And so whether it's like a little bit, I always think of it like I, I talk to my kids about this a lot too, because I want them to yeah. be very kind of open about how they're feeling and their emotions and their mental health as well. But it's the idea of like, sometimes your mental health, it can be like you've broken a bone and it's something that happens really quickly and it feels very big. And, and that sometimes is a little bit easier to recognize. Like I'm feeling something that feels very large and very present in my life right now. And I need to reach out for that. And I think sometimes like for me, it was like, I have an ache, like I have a soft kind of dull ache in like an elbow and it's a little bit annoying but it doesn't, you know, impact my day, but it doesn't go away either. And so I think for me, it was the idea of 
there's help out there regardless of how you're feeling these feelings. Um, I think that we all deserve to be like our happiest and our best selves and to feel like the way that we want to feel. So I think that it's really important that both for our faculty and our students that everybody knows that there's no like it's not like you have to have you know, suicidal thoughts, or you have to be, you know, at the end of your rope to reach out for these services. Like there's Mm -hmm. lots of proactive initiatives that you can be a part of and everyone deserves to feel like their best self. So I think that's really important too. No, I'm so glad you said that some of the resources you mentioned, like ability and um, I'm not sure if bounce back is, but there are uh, some of these resources are on the uh, mental health strategies uh, staff portal. So definitely take a look there. And again, I'm glad you said that because we live in a culture that doesn't hesitate to reach out for personal physical training, Mm -hmm. uh, for ideas on how to eat right. Uh, But when it comes to the mental, emotional, there's still that stigma that keeps people from um, not reaching, like from reaching out. Mm -hmm. And, you know, unfortunately, if if we let our mental health go, then it becomes more serious and it can Mm -hmm. become more debilitating. And it, yeah, it just impacts every, everything. So Mm -hmm. um, I I always suggest... Like I look at counseling like personal growth. Yes. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I say that this podcast is part of my therapy because I find that a lot of times Kelly and I end up talking through things and it becomes like, a, you know, we're talking about balance in life and we're like, geez, we should really take our own advice. Like we have all these great strategies for how to live a balanced life and we're not using any of them. So Uh, I find this to be very therapeutic. And I also, every time I've ever had an appointment with a therapist or a psychologist, I always leave thinking like, why didn't I do this earlier? It just, Mm -hmm. to me, is such a a great opportunity to be reflective and to have someone whose job it is to help and support and provide resources. And I'm the type of person who's like, I want to go. I want to get like a book that's recommended for me. I want to have articles to read. I want to have all these things to do. And information is power and knowledge is power. So I think that there's so much out there and there's so many wonderful folks like you and your team who are here Mm. to help and support and I think that it's so important for everyone to take advantage of those opportunities when they need them yeah yeah I know you're you're so right it's uh the resources are there so take take advantage of them you Mm. know like you know, I, I say this to students a lot, like, yeah, it's great if you have a good friend or a family member you can talk to, but but a family member can't always be objective and they're obviously mm-hmm. not professionally trained. Like, I mean, you know, I, I can talk to my kids, but I can't be objective with my kids like I can with a student, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes that's really important that people are able to just listen without being so emotionally attached to what, what you're going to say, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, I think people are very lucky if they have the balance of both. If you have a friend who you can turn to when you like need a pat on the back and a hug, but then a a counselor who can offer you like, here's some proactive strategies or some strategies that you can kind of try that are proven and that have science and data behind them. And I think that's, we're very, I I would consider myself very lucky to have a kind of a balance of both of those things. So thanks for pointing that out. That's really important too. Um, Greg, is there anything else that you wanted to share with us today or wanted to chat about? Well, you know, I, I encourage people to look beyond um, your usual paradigms. And I speak from personal experience because I belong to a men's group for almost 30 years. And when the pandemic hit, the idea of meeting online was like, yuck, like, the, you know, <laughs> I like the flesh to flesh. I like it to me. It's in person. It's, you know, but I got my head around it. 
And thank God, I've been this 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 men's group has continued. In fact, the attendance has been better than it was before the pandemic. It's easier for people to 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 get on these things because it takes less time to get there. And no, it's not exactly the same as in person, but it's still effective. And um, you know, like I know. Like in counseling, I truly believe that we're going to go to a more hybrid model, which I think is going to be great for everybody, especially the regional campuses who never had a counselor on campus, like, you know, Muskoka, Midland, Orangeville, uh, those those smaller ones. You know, and and I I know people kind of um, like I I took a well, our whole team took a training last year in virtual counseling. And uh, there's a guy named Lawrence Murphy from uh, University of Laurier who started bringing this up 20 years ago and people laughed at him and people poo-pooed it and said, you know, virtual counseling, that, that'll never fly, you know, and uh, he is now so popular, it's ridiculous, you know, and people mm-hmm. are finding that it, it actually does work and it can be effective, mm-hmm. you know. And just to let you know, we're, we're expanding our groups because it seems like it's easier for students to get to some of the group stuff. And uh, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like when the pandemic goes away, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, w- whether we'll keep some kind of a hybrid model there. But but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a changing world. And it's, I think there's some silver linings. You know, I really do. Mm-hmm. Very so, cool. Yeah. yeah. That's a nice way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I have a friend who says to me that this pandemic was needed so that we all pause and mm. we reflect and we have an opportunity to look at things differently and then kind of continue on and continue on in a, in a new way, in a new path and maybe hopefully a better way too. We hear a lot about hybrid delivery for education and, yeah. you know, Kim and I talk a lot about that as well and mm-hmm. quite excited about it. I mean, I mm-hmm. really, I can see parallels in that, you know, before people were like, online is not as good as, or it's yes. lesser than. Yes. And now, you know, if you're an online teacher um, mm-hmm. or have been online trained, you yeah. are, like you said, you are like the guru and you're busier <laughs> than ever. And people are like, hey, tell me more. <laughs> so, I mean, and I think it really comes down to access, opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and just sort of best fit for everybody, like what fits mm-hmm. best for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. I'm very excited about that. That is really yeah. a cool opportunity for, mm-hmm. for you guys as well. Well, thank you so much, Greg, uh, for being here with us today. You've shared some wonderful information, uh, all of which we'll put uh, hyperlinks to on the Time for Teaching website. Um, I think this is a great collection of resources and a great conversation um, for our faculty to be a part of, and it'll help them with their own mental health and also help folks to support our students the way uh, they deserve to be supported as well. So Mm -hmm. thank you so much for being here, and we'd love to have you back anytime to chat again. (laughs) So thanks very much. Well, thanks, Kim and Kelly. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so yeah. much, Greg. It was always such a pleasure to reconnect and yes. uh, and have a, a lovely chat with you. So come back anytime. Great. I'll be back. Bye, Bye for now. <laughs> Bye. See ya.